Hey, thanks for being a part of the conversation. Let's do it. Let's play it forward. These are real people, real stories, the struggle to play it forward. Episode number 590 is with actor, writer, and producer Michael Jai White from the movie Outlaw Johnny Black. I'm good yourself, Harold. Absolutely fantastic, man. We're two martial artists here about ready to get into a conversation about a movie that, my God, why did it take so long to make a movie like this? This is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Was it something that traveled through your spiritual journey as a martial artist? Because that one, I, I remember my, my sensei telling me, he goes, he said, you have to understand this is more than just kicking and punching. It is art, martial arts. Understand what art is and you will have a great victory. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, martial arts has some. It's something that's followed me through my through my life, and I think it's something that um, uh, it's the discipline to yes. me that um, with that discipline and and that fortitude and that heart, with that you can accomplish anything. When you take it to the level that you have, because you have studied so many different styles and that just inspires the hell out of me because I'm, I've done two and, and it's like, I got to have more. I got to have more. And then when you when you read about your story, I mean, we're because we're, a lot of a lot of these these coaches, as well as my Sabanim in Taekwondo goes, why are you leaving me? Why you want to cheat on me? How, how did you break free of that? Well, I just look at the source and I go, OK, they're 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 kind of conditioned to think that way. Mm hmm. And I, I think that's a, that's a bit sad when in the face of the proof that it's so much better to look for, look at things beyond your your little click. Right. So you strengthen you, you strengthen your group by learning outside. Mm -hmm. I mean, but that's to me, sometimes it, it's it's a male ego that unfortunately, even though we were studying something that should be. Uh, accepted, uh, you know, for the broadness of it, um, people who are instructing, and yeah, sometimes their ego comes into the thing. It's, you know, dare I say, it's similar to religion. Mm -hmm. There's the doctrines that are bigger than one man. So, um, so yeah, where you look at Bruce Lee, and if Bruce Lee hadn't put together concepts of boxing where he's dancing on his toes and the jab and, mm -hmm. and all these other things. And he mixed in jujitsu and everything and wrestling. We wouldn't have Jeet Kune Do. We wouldn't have Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it really points to learning from everyone. And I think that's a good thing to take into your life. And I, personally, I don't shun any group. I, I always look at what that group can teach me. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's, uh, political or anything else. There's you can learn from an idiot person. <laughs> so I mean, I yeah, I think I look at it in my martial arts journey. It's got me. Uh, you know, I I've I've accomplished having eight different black belts, mm -hmm. and so that's only benefited. You know, you, you talk about it uh, being like a, a religion, and it's the foot fist way. And I remember going to my Sabanim and saying, Look, you need to teach me the way. I mean, we're, I sure, we can flip, we can fall, we can do all of this stuff. And he goes, I don't teach the way. And I was like, I got to go. And that was, that was my ticket outside the door, because I needed to learn that journey. Go on my way. Yeah, a lot of times their own instructors, they're teaching the way that they were taught. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, of course, there's there's the discipline and, you know, following the hierarchy that's got its place. 
very much so that I ran into that learning Kyokushin when I do a kick that nobody's really teaching me in that class, but I'm making it work. Sometimes um, that the head instructor takes that as as uh, disrespect. Yes. Yeah. 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 You do some moves in Outlaw Johnny Black that I've never seen before. And because I'm a martial artist, of course, I'm going to be studying every single thing that you're doing. How did you bring this to life? Did you step back from the scene to the edge of of the Dojong and sit there and go, "Okay, I like how this played out, but I need some oh, wow factor here. Well, the action stuff, to be honest with you, I wanted to be very loyal to the 70s filmmaking, yeah. right? So therein lied the way I was going to shoot it. And um, when we watch the movies like Billy Jack and <laughs> things circa 1971, there was a way that it was th- that they were filmed and there was no camera tricks or anything. So I was going to do it very pure. And really, um, the action scenes that you see that I do in this movie I created those scenes on the way to the set. Wow. Nobody had the, that those scenes choreographed but me. That was in my head. Since I was directing, I would know and find the times that was more uh beneficial to to the you know to to the um set schedule. When I go, okay, we got a downtime here. We have to take, you know, so I I would just then say, let's shoot this fight scene. And I would explain it to my stunt guys who were extremely amazing stunt people. So it would, a regular fight scene would take a quarter of the time that a normal fight scene would take. Would you call this a modern day Western? Because I mean, all the way through it, I kept going, God dang, God, this, this is it. This is the stuff that I grew up watching at an outdoor drive-in. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make. I wanted to recreate the feel of uh, a western done in the seventies. Mm-hmm. But of course, nowadays you have to make the incident le- level much quicker because you've got an audience that has a shorter attention span. You know, in the seventies, we could watch someone brush their teeth in real time. <laughs> you know, you can't do that nowadays. But you know, so it's a delicate balance of storytelling and making you feel because um if you know feel like you're watching something in 1971 from the musical score and the even the sound effects the 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 way the bullets or the guns sounded when they fired back then was very unique Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Did, did, was there a side of your creative personality that w- might have been open to, I can turn this into a six to a nine part series and, and, and really get some serious binge watching going on here? No, no, I hadn't thought about that then. This was always in my head as a movie, like like the movies that I grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to, to settle in and, and watch a movie that had a story that that concluded, you know? Yeah. There was uh, movies that I, I grew up watching from Sidney Poitier directing, mm. um, Buck and the Preachers, uh, Uptown Saturday Night, Let's Do It Again, that made you feel good at the end of the movie. You, you laughed and 
you could watch it over and over with your family. So that's what I wanted to do again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely got that kind of a feel to it. I mean, because, I mean, even to, to read that, you know, Harry Belafonte played a major role in your life, and I'm going, of course, of course, I can feel it. It's not just a movie I'm watching, it's what I'm feeling. Yes, yes, sir. I mean, uh, luckily, I mean, two of my biggest role models and heroes appear in this movie. And that was the kid in me just really celebrates that. It's, it's like a dream come true because um, if not for these men, I don't know who I'd be today. How do you how do you set up a conversation with them in the way that I mean, you've got to be a one on one everyday down to earth person saying, hey, I got this idea. I mean, you can't go in there as a big fan, can you? Well, I, I went in as a big fan, but they became father figures to me Aww. quite early on. Uh, so I, I had a relationship with them already and, you know, years behind us. So that that helped. You have a great line in this. I am no gentleman and I'm not a preacher. That to me is one of those lines that people could say for the rest of our lives. And, you know, in a good conversation, I am no gentleman and I am no pre- not a preacher. Mm, well, thank you. I really wanted to adapt the, the way of speaking from that time period. It's, it's very precarious because it's so easy to get it wrong if you had a, 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 a an actor who brought in the contemporary mindset or feel. It's very easy because I, that's that's what a lot of Westerns have gotten wrong, uh, the ones that have failed recently. I, I, I consider um, sometimes they don't, you know, sometimes I feel like they might fall short of kind of feeling like people are from that time period because the westerns i grew up on were made of people were made of some some stuff that you couldn't take your eyes off the 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 lee marvins the lee van cleef's charles johnson's glenn eastwood i mean they could they could be on screen and say nothing and you can't take your eyes off these people (laughs) because there's there's a life experience that emanates from them that's through their eyes and um, you can't do that with an actor that you feel just stepped out of a Starbucks. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. How did you do such high kicks with tight clothing like that? I mean, or, or were they stretch? Well, uh, uh, unfortunately, they didn't stretch too much. So a uh, <laughs> little bit of a limit, but, you know, uh, it, it wasn't too hard to do. I mean, they had to do it back then, so... I could do it now. Oh my God! I get, I just I just felt for you. I'm going. How is he doing that? And why isn't he throwing something out of place? <laughs> well, I've been doing this martial arts stuff for f- over 40 years, so you know that's uh, I-, I better be able to do it. One of the things that really inspired me was the way that you used the gun. It's almost like it was acrobatic. How? What? What? What did you have to do to get that fast? A and B to do it right. Well, I mean, it's weird. I guess, I, you know, I've got the hand-eye coordination from martial arts. Yeah. I used to do weapons and stuff. And, uh, you know, so it's just it's a, it's just about practicing. Uh, there's that slap sequence that's an homage to Terrence Hill. And, you know, My Name is Nobody, you know, famous slap sequence that was kind of sped up when they, when they did it. Well, I intended on speeding up that scene but when I saw it, 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 I felt like it was fast enough, just normal. Mm-hmm. And so that scene, I actually choreographed 
on the way to the set. While I was driving, I was kind of working that scene out in my head. Hmm. So let me ask you, I, I have I host a show on iHeartRadio called Creativity is the Addiction. Because this is twice now you talk how you how you build these these scenes inside your head. Is creativity an addiction for you? Well, yeah, I don't know if it's an addiction, but uh, it is it is such a I mean, it, it's 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 such a blessing it's it's a a gift so basically i'm letting people in on the movie i already see in my head (laughs) see that's inspiring to a lot of creative people because that's one of the things that's happening right now with modern day technology i would love to see what tomorrow's producers and directors are going to do because they watch movies like yours and say i can do this at home in my bedroom yeah yeah yeah, it's 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 really it's really flattering when other filmmakers uh, are inf- influenced by something I've done. That this recent movie from Joel Taylor, uh, they clone Tyrone. Joel mm-hmm. mm. contacted me. He said he was so influenced by Black Dynamite that he wanted to do kind of a homage to the Anaconda malt liquor. In a scene, the the the, the um, drink of choice in that movie was anaconda malt liquor, something I created for that movie, and I was I was I was very flattered by it. <laughs> Black Dynamite has to be one of the first films I've ever. When I finished it, I went back and watched it again because I really felt like there's got to be Easter eggs in here. There's got to be something he planted in the background. I've got to catch it. I got to watch it all over. Well, this one has. So many Easter eggs. Nah. <laughs> this has a great deal of them. That into that, I'm just waiting for the audience to find them. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, in some of the the early viewings of it, the screenings I've had. I I, I really enjoy when people go, "Hey, did you get that from High Plains Drifter?" Yeah. And you know, or some of them are obvious, but there's a lot of very subtle Easter eggs in this movie. I'm glad you said high high plains drifter because I want to ask: Did you get some stuff up from Blazing Saddles in this? Oh, absolutely! You <laughs> see that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's a big Mondo uh, reference there. Mondo. Yeah. See, and th- it's that stuff right there that serves as candy to for 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 younger viewers or even for an adult viewer to go back and 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 Google it to find out about it and rewatch it and come and and look at the connection between yesterday's Hollywood and today's Hollywood. Yeah, and. and- there's a there's a theater in Detroit that's that's showing a double feature of Blazing Saddles and Outlaw Johnny Black. Wow, wow! How does that make you feel? It makes me feel tremendous to be compared to Blazing Saddles. In the reviews, um, I mean, there's been reviews that is connecting that's comparing this movie to some of the greatest Westerns. Yeah. And also, My Heroes, Monty Python. Yes. It, it, it compared this movie to my favorite, my, my favorite com- comedy of all time, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. To me, I was, I was floored when I saw that comparison. As, as a writer and, and someone who brings this story forward, how did you balance out Brett and, and, and Johnny Black in the way that they're both very strong men? And you know that, that viewers are going to take a side. I mean, that's how strong they are in this film. Yeah, I mean, it's I wanted to have a, a tone 
where you really feel the menace and the the drama, but also a place where the comedy doesn't work and takes you into some, you know, some foreign territory. So that's a delicate balance, but um, but yeah, and having Chris Chris Browning, who was one of the most incredible actors, uh, in there to deliver that. I mean, I got Glenn Turman and Anika Noni Rose. These people are acting royalty. Mm-hmm. So I mean, honestly, if I had fifty million dollars to to do this movie, the cast wouldn't have been any different. I really went for the best people and got them. Did you have to film it in the way of, um, you know, like like an independent film where you have to get in there, get the scenes done, save the money, let's go to the next shot? Absolutely. I only had 21 <laughs> to shoot this uh, Western. I think it might have been. I don't know if there's been in the history of Westerns one that's been done in 21 days. I, I, I kind of doubt it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So how much of it was left on the on the cutting room floor? Because I would love to see the director's cut on this. Well, I mean, not not much. I mean, I wow. just I cut out, I had to cut out a few scenes. Yeah. Uh, but but um, it's pretty much the, the movie that I had in my head. Don't you love that when those those thoughts come into mind and all of it? Does it start on a sheet of paper? Or is it, I mean, because you got to put it somewhere once it's been in your head. Oh yeah, it starts on a sheet of paper. Yeah. You know, it's or nowadays in my computer. <laughs> so, you know, so it really it really starts there, and um, yeah, and and you know, they just I mean to be able to be at a place where we're talking about it, this is just. A dream come true. See, and I think that's where martial arts plays out in a, in a, in a huge way because when we were doing our poomsays and we, we were doing all of our forms and things, you had to remember 50 to 70 different moves. And and so when you have something like this making a movie, you store it away in that same place uh, uh, that you did when you were when you were doing your martial arts. Well, absolutely. Well, martial arts, just like the belt levels, there's one, uh, one obstacle that you overcome and then you get to the next level. Yeah. And you start to realize it's a it's you pitting yourself against you. You're your biggest obstacle. So if you just stay in there and stay disciplined, you will eventually overcome all those obstacles. And so movie making for me is like that. And with martial arts, it pushes your mind far beyond what life would normally throw at you. Because yep. on a daily basis, you're overcoming your own will uh, to, to stop but you forge forward. So those are mental muscles that you build. And that with that mental muscle, I take that into my career and my directing. And I know without a doubt, I will overcome every obstacle. Oh, I love your attitude. Oh, it's, it's such a winning attitude. You got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Michael. The door is always going to be open for you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I look forward to it. Will you be brilliant today? Okay, sir. Thank you so much. And I, 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 I hope you, uh, you know, I hope you have uh, many, many viewings up. Absolutely, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you.